Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Mission Extra. That's Pastor Mike here with you, and I've got my friend here, Chris Cravens. And we're going to be looking and talking about a uh, mission that he recently went on, and a mission that got him on TikTok and got him on the talk of the all over Facebook, and people were talking about it here in Longmont and Boulder and around. We're just going to dive into it and discuss it. And recently we've been doing a missions class here, and one of the things that we've, we've been talking about is this idea that, uh, you know, you know, what is the mission that God has for you? And, and this phrase that we kind of came up, you know, came to was like, walk through the doors that God opens for you. And uh, Chris, you did exactly that. And uh, you recently have been on a mission trip. To tell us a little bit about it. Well, basically, Mike, um, God asked me to go for a walk for him. It seemed like a seemed like a something I could accomplish, <laughs> you know. And uh, the mission that God kind of laid before me recently was just to to do something really crazy, you might say, and that was to carry a wooden cross dressed in Bible clothes, um, just to kind of stir it up a little bit. And uh, getting the, getting the cross in front of people's eyes, getting people thinking about the cross and what it really stands for, making them stop and think for just a moment about what Jesus, who Jesus was and what he did for us. Yeah, literally taking what Paul said that, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to preach nothing but Christ crucified it. And it was an amazing way that you did it. So how, how did this mission come about? Mike, um, some people know my story. Um, Tracy and I, my wife, we, obviously we've been part of Whitefields for ten years or so, and and uh, it's been an amazing it's been an amazing thing. But um, about fifteen months ago, Tracy passed away from either the COVID or the flu, and I basically went through a storm. And when you go through a kind of a tragedy like that. Um, there are a lot of ups and downs, you know. Um, one day you're you're just trusting in the Lord, and the next day you're saying, "Why, Lord? Why is this happening?" But the reality is, is that through the whole storm, through my ups and downs, through through my faithfulness and my rebellion, Mike, that. Um, I was basically forced to press even deeper into the Lord. And as I sought the Lord earnestly, Mike, he began to refine me through his fire. Um, I know there's some songs like that and things like that, but I went through it. I really, really did. And uh, as I as I pressed deeper into him, I just... I got more of him and more of the Holy Spirit, and it was deepening my faith, Mike, um, through everything, through my personal study, through uh, prayer groups that I was part of uh, here at the church, and I'm actually, Tracy and I have been part of a a prayer group for many years where we pray for missionaries around the world. Um, through other Bible studies um, and and even some serving opportunities that ultimately, as I'm coming out of this storm of life that I've been in, that um, where I kind of had to put some things on hold for a while, that the Lord began to kind of stretch me once mm-hmm. again and, and bring me back, bring me back kind of to the land of reality, you might say. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, just... You know, just a, uh, on a thought on that, just that you, you and Tracy were have, have been a fixture as part of this church for so many years, and and just her her loss, it was a loss that was felt deeply by the church, you know, and what you went through, and and uh, so we just we all really feel for you and what you had to go through with all of that, and you know, and our prayers have been with you over these past few months and this year and a half, and. You know, just watching God take you through this. Um, well, you yeah. bring up a good point, Mike, and that is is that a lot of people have a loss or a, something like that, but um, 
how could how do we go through something like that? How can someone go through something like that without our brothers and sisters in Christ? I can't even imagine going through it without the body of Christ. Um, but something amazing is I think that in all the things that I've been through, Mike, um, there was a few things that recently happened during church services, actually, where Nick was preaching, and obviously the Holy Spirit was working, and Nick talked about a few different things that really have made a difference in my yeah, life. Yeah, well, what were some of those things that Nick was talking about? The first thing that Nick talked about was recently, obviously, I, we just finished our series on the Holy Spirit, mm. and that was that was crucial because we— we know that when we become a believer that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And if we are a believer, Mike, then you've experienced the Holy Spirit. You've experienced the Holy Spirit guiding you here and there. But the reality is, Mike, that in our lives, through our ups and downs, through our rebellion and different things, we sometimes do quench the Holy Spirit's fire. And even though it, it still exists in our heart, we water it down, we we push it down through our sin, through our rebellion, through, through our um, whatever. And before you know it, that Holy Spirit that once was a nice bright flame has become a very tiny ember in us and or a very tiny, tiny flickering flame. And um, when Nick preached about the Holy Spirit, uh, the very first day, um, I went home that night and I, I just said to the Lord in my prayer time, I said, Father, I, I have quenched your Holy Spirit so many times through, through saying no to you or re- in rebellion through our daily sins that we do where we, where we just want to do life our way. And I said, Father, I have quenched your Holy Spirit so many times that I literally have watered it down inside of me. And I feel like it's barely alive in me, Lord. It's there because I still feel you moving me here and there. But Father, I want that flame to be reignited. I literally want it to be a raging inferno inside of me. And Mike, that prayer was the beginning of kind of changing everything. And I know that's kind of recent, but... I don't know that that has anything to do with how recent it was. Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, that's just been, a, I think, a great study for the church as we've gone into the person of the Holy Spirit and what we have in the Holy Spirit. And, and it's just a great, your testimony is a great way to see how that power is born out in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, how we can step outside of ourselves and do those things and be obedient to those things that God calls us to. And there was a second, I went in our discussion time, you, there was a second concept you were talking about that Nick that Nick talked about. Well, recently, um, I think it's very recent that um, Nick's, um, one of his uh, mentoring pastors was a guy by the name of Tom Stipe. Mm. And I do believe that in the story that Tom told Nick that a, just a very simple prayer was, use me, Lord, as a, as a penny in your pocket. Spend me any way you want. And as I, as I, it seems pretty simple and pretty kind of innocent, you might say, but it's kind of like a, like praying for patience, you know, it's, it's, we don't really, we don't, maybe we don't really realize what we're asking for at that moment in time, but beings that Tracy's gone and my life kind of got kind of flipped up upside down, you might say, it opened, it opened me up to be thinking some new ways and to be thinking about what the future might look like. 
And once again, I went home and I prayed that prayer earnestly. And I, and I just asked him, I said, Lord, please do exactly that. Use me as a penny in your pocket. Spend me any way you want. And, and he didn't waste any time. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah no, that's a dangerous prayer, prayer to pray. And so when we, we talk about your mission, was there any kind of specific revelation that you, that you got from God to do what you did? Well, Mike, um, I think a lot of people would love to hear the voice of God or see a vision or, or get a neon sign from the Lord telling them what to do. And I, that sort of happened for me. I was, I was really, after these prayers and after all my digging deeper into the Lord over the last 15 months especially, um, that um, I was growing. I was really growing in the Lord and really feeling the Lord's presence more and more each day. And I, I went to help some family members out of town move. And when I got back home, I came in the house and I, I, I got put my clothes down or whatever. And I got in the shower and I just lifted up a prayer to the Lord and, and just said, Lord, just, I just thank you for your presence. And I really feel your presence, Lord. And Mike, I, I, I kid you not, I no more than said those words. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just came down on me like I've never felt before. Instantly, I had a vision in my mind of uh, the picture that I saw was myself carrying a cross with a bloodied back. And in that moment, it was so vivid and so real, it was kind of scary, you might say. And I could see that God was kind of saying something to me, and whatever it was, the, my answer immediately was no. And I began to, I began, I saw this vision in my mind and it was basically God saying, I got a job for you. And my answer was no. And he said, yes, I want you to do this. And I, I basically cried out and screamed, no, Lord, I, I can't do this thing for you because Lord, I'm, I'm not the right guy, Father. I'm, I'm a sinful person. And what if, what if everybody finds out that I've sinned in my life, you know, and you just think that if, if people found out what different things you've done in your life, how you've rebelled against the Lord, that it'll just ruin our witness that, you know, that why would anybody listen to someone who's such a sinner, you know, and basically for the next 20 to 30 minutes, this battle between the Lord and I went back and forth where he was saying, I want you to do this. And I kept saying, no, I can't, I, you know, I can't do it, Lord. I, I was, I had excuses why I couldn't do it, you know, my sin, or I'm not capable or not, or, or something like that. And, and through this, through this, um, through this battle with the Lord, I did eventually find myself literally on the floor in the bathroom, wrestling with the Lord, going back and forth. And I would say, no, Lord, I can't. And he would say, yes, you can. And he told me, Chris, my grace is sufficient for you. And I said, but still, Lord, I don't know how to prepare for this. And he said, Chris, I'm going to prepare everything together. Chris, we're going to prepare everything that you need. And he, he began to show me that I wasn't going to be alone in this little mission, that he was going to be with me, that he was going to put it all together. And when I, when I finally realized that I wasn't alone, that he had my back, that he was going to put it all together, and that he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself, I finally got to the point where I was able to say, okay, Lord, I'll do it. So, so you're, you're on the floor, you're 
finally, you know, you acquiesce to the, you know, God's call on you. So how long did it take from that point to, you know, you're walking out the door with this, with this six foot cross? Mike, (laughs) in, in two days time, um, everything was ready. Um, and, uh, um, it was amazing because when, when I had the vision or when I finally said yes to the Lord, I didn't know how this was going to go down. And within, within moments of the vision, the Lord drew me into uh, uh, my storage closet into my house where Tracy and I had gathered some Bible clothes from a previous church that we went to when they were cleaning house. And I found myself looking in that tub minutes after the vision and right there on the top was the inner and outer garment that would have been my there wasn't a costume at that point in time Mike they were my clothes um I and as soon as I I put the inner garment on which was a perfect fit I put the outer garment on which was a perfect fit I leaned down into the bucket and lifted up a couple more garments and none of them were right at all and it was like the right one was right on the top And um, then, Mike, as soon as I had this garment on, I literally turned around and in my in my storage closet in my in my basement is where we have our freezer, our upright freezer. And about 15 years ago, I put a poster on there that I didn't want to throw away just out of a magazine. And I turn around and right in front of me is a movie poster for the passion of the Christ. Oh, wow. And I had literally told the Lord, Father, I need direction in my life. I need guidance. I need neon signs. I need a baseball bat upside the head. I need a kick in the butt sometimes. And when I, you know, I find the co- I find the clothes, I turn around, I see, I see a literally a figure of Christ on the cross. It, it, it was, it solidified it in my mind that this wasn't just some coincidence, Mike, that the Lord really did have something for me to do. I came upstairs, went out to my garage where I have a wood pile of many miscellaneous pieces of lumber and things. And over a few years, I redid my whole entire fence. And after all of it was said and done, there was one four by four by eight left over out there. And I picked it up. I brought it out to the backyard. I stared at it for a few minutes. I set it down. I went inside. I went to sleep and I, I fell asleep quickly that night and then woke up the next day to like the first day of preparation, mm-hmm. you might say. And were you scared at this point? Like uh, all, you know, the kind of you had this vision, this thing lies before you. You know what's going through your heart and mind. You know what's crazy is is that is is that to to put on Bible clothes to um, to build a cross and to think about the fact that you're going to carry this down the streets of your own town or the highways near where you live. That kind of is a scary thought. But after I woke up that morning, I had peace about the whole entire thing. And um, I wasn't scared because what happened was is that within the hours of that first day of preparation, all the pieces of the whole the puzzle of this little mini mission trip is what I'm calling it. Um, they just began to come together. And so there really wasn't any reason to be afraid because it was actually one of the most beautiful things because it was the Lord and I doing a really cool little project together. And so it was a sweet, intimate time with the Lord during and, the preparation. And did you uh, like you know, I mean, obviously you've received kind of this, you know, vision from the Lord of what you, you, what he's wanting to do. Is he giving you like 
I want you to do this and this, or is he have, has he given you the entire picture of what it is that he wants you to accomplish through this? Um, I think that, like I said, he gave me this vision, and in the vision, I saw myself with this bloodied back, and at the time, I'm like, oh, I don't know what that means, and I thought to myself, how does anybody whip their back, or do you call mm. your friends up and ask them to come over, or whatever, you know, but it didn't take but very long for me for that particular part of it to to uh, to subside, and um, but the reality was that um, that no. Uh, um, can you kind of repeat your question real quick, Mike? Well, Kai, you know, the, what, what exactly did the Lord tell you? Was he giving you like hour by hour or is he giving you like, I want you to go out for a week or a month or what, you know, what, what, what was the, you know, the... It really was, Mike, hour by hour. It was, it was in this hour, Chris, we're working on, we're working on this little piece of the puzzle, putting like part of the, the, the clothing together. And in this little hour, it was, we were building the cross together. And in this little hour, we're going to put, I was going to sew some little leather satchels together. And then these couple hours, um, the Lord actually, actually one of the sweetest parts of it, Mike, um, was when the cross finally I couldn't know the design, but he did. And I was very confused by it. And I'm a carpenter, okay? And I wasn't quite sure what to do. But but within minutes, the Lord gave me the design, showed me what to do. It was put together. And then the Lord had said, we're going to tweak this thing even to a greater degree. And he literally told me to grab my wood burner and my computer with all my Christian songs on it and my Bible. And before I knew it, I had literally covered the cross in Bible scriptures and lyrics to some of my most favorite Christian songs. And I remember, Mike, that as I was doing it, as I was burning these Bible verses and these song lyrics into the cross, I remember watching the smoke come off of it. And I had, I breathed a little bit of it because it was right where I was working. And I remember thinking that the wood burn smoke that was rising up the Lord said, Chris, that is a pleasing aroma yeah. to me. And it just, it was, it was hour by hour, Mike. Wow, wow. Oh, so you've, okay, so you've got all this stuff together. And, and so when did you leave? What, what were you doing? Um, so, so basically I did engage a couple friends before I went. Um, my, my good buddy Balaj came over and said, you're doing what? And I <laughs> told him and he said, you're wearing what? And you're carrying what? And I, he wouldn't let me not show him everything. Yeah. And so I did show him everything. And honestly, we're very good friends. And he was concerned for me. And he said, Chris, I don't think you should do this. This sounds really dangerous to me. You could get run over by a car or you, somebody might throw something at you or whatever. So he was looking out for me. And I appreciated that. But in the moment, I was able to say to him, Hey, bro, um, uh, this is what God told me to do. And he already told me that he's, he's got me. He's going to take care of everything. And so instead of saying no, Balaj and I just prayed about it. And then even though I didn't know it, um, God prepared another individual for me, which was my friend Harry Lazinski. And Harry didn't, he, Harry knew I was going to go for, a, I told Harry I was going to go for a walk for the <laughs> Lord, but I kind of left out mm -hmm. the Bible clothes and the cross part. And, um, and so on uh, Wednesday, 
June 9th at 6 o'clock in the morning, which would have been Tracy and I's 20th wedding anniversary. Balaj came to my house at 5.45. We bathed it in prayer, and at 6 o'clock on the nose, I left my whole house, my air conditioner, mm -hmm. my sleep number bed, and my mountain bike, and my guitar, and all my prized possessions, my refrigerator <laughs> and water and everything else. I left that all behind for an inner and an outer garment and a six-foot cross, and I literally walked, I walked away from my home with no water and no food on my person and and began to I got onto 17th Avenue and headed towards Main Street when I got to Main and 17th Mike all I within within 3 blocks I couldn't believe how heavy and awkward the cross was and I wondered to myself what did I just get myself into but within moments Mike within another block or two I was already thirsty I had I had I had eaten my breakfast hours before. I forgot to drink some water like before I left. And so within a few blocks, I was already very thirsty. And I just, it was like, here I am five blocks from home. The cross is heavy and awkward. I'm already thirsty. And the craziest thing happened was, is that I said, Lord, I'm already thirsty. I no more than said those words. Here it was, 615, a sprinkler head pops out of somebody's front yard on a business over on Main in Longmont. And I just, I knew that was, I knew that was good drinking. That was good water. I, I reached down there and just made a cup out of my hands and I drank a few sips and it was enough, Mike, to revive me, to just, to just say, all right, here, here I go. And I made my way to, to Ken Pratt Boulevard, hooked a right. And before I knew it, I was on the diagonal mm. heading towards, heading towards Boulder. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And so what did, what did this trip look like? I mean, you're heading out, you're carrying this cross, you're just kind of believing that the Lord's can provide, you know, what, what did you do out there? So, um, it was, you know, what's really interesting, Mike, is, is that I never realized when I was preparing for this over the two days that, um, my whole life was sort of a preparation for this, Mike. Um, I'm a carpenter by trade, so there I was able to build the cross easily because God gave me those skills. Um, I've been in theater all my life, so the part of wearing the the outfit and playing the part of the of a guy representing a Bible character um, or just representing Christ for a moment or two was also part of that. Um, being a Christian for 23 years helped me to be prepared with my in my faith, and as I began to as I began to walk down uh, as as I began to prepare for it, the Lord reminded me of a mission trip that I went on to uh, Vietnam a few years ago, where um, where we really couldn't minister to people, so we just. We just, we just basically prayed. We prayed. I never knew what it meant to just go on a prayer walk and just to pray for the people and things that were kind of in front of my eyes. And as I'm walking down the diagonal towards Boulder, I just was basically... I was in constant prayer. I was in constant communication with the Lord. And everything that was before me, Mike, whether it was a, a concrete truck or if whether it was a, a trash truck or it was a person on a bicycle or a, a person in an orange shirt, whatever it was that I saw before my eyes, the Lord used it as a way for me to pray. And I prayed for concrete workers. I prayed for trash workers. I prayed for, I prayed for whatever the Lord put in front of my eyes. And I just 
basically asked the Lord to be at work in the lives of these people, um, letting them see the cross, letting them be reminded about what Christ did for them, and asking the Lord to soften their hearts towards him and opening their eyes and pulling down the scales off their eyes and ultimately softening their hearts and removing their heart of stone. Was it was it hard to stay focused during this time? With all You know, you're 119 is a busy street. <laughs> it is. It is. It is a very busy road. And uh, and um, the crazy thing was, is, is that when I got into when I got into the prayer and I got into to singing praises, Mike, um, over the last few years, I have I have um, um, obtained, you might say, my own prayer closet at home, a place that I go every single day to dive into God's word and to pray and where it's just, it's dark and it's quiet. And the only thing there is me, my Bible, a book light, maybe some tissues if I could cry and some lip balm. So I, you know, cause I kind of need that every once in a while. But the crazy thing was, is Mike, as I was walking down the highway, I literally felt like I was in my prayer closet. It was like the it was like the worries of the world and all the 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 the, the hecticness of the traffic and everything. It, it just really didn't even phase me. I, I was so in tune with what the Spirit was saying to me. And, you know, when Christ talks about that he's, he's the living water, and it was like the whole time I was walking along, I really truly experienced what it meant to have fountains of living water coming out of me. I almost felt, Mike, like a third party in this in this little mission trip where I got to see what it looks like for the Holy Spirit and God just to be using a person to the nth degree, you might say. And I was glad just to be the broken vessel that God wanted to use in that moment in yeah. time. Wow, that's, that's amazing. So, you know, it's kind of where the rubber hits the road or where the soles of your feet hit the road is that, you know, you were on a mission, someone who was sent out, you know, to, to, to as you said yourself, to bring the cross before people and, and minister the gospel or minister in any way you could to them, pray with them. So were, the, were there ways for you to encounter, to, to meet with people one-on-one, to, to pray for them and do those kind of things? You know, it's, it's so interesting that you say that, Mike, because it's like here we are living our lives thinking on a daily basis, you know, are we going to get a chance to talk to our neighbor or whatever or an old friend or whatever? And a lot of times those chances just don't arrive. But here, I'm, here I am out on the highways and the byways ways of Boulder and Longmont and whatnot. And I had more opportunities to talk to and minister to people than I ever did just kind of going through life, you might say. Um, The very first person I engaged with was a person that um, pulled up next to me, jumped out of their car on the diagonal, ran over to me with the biggest smile I've ever seen. And she says to me, she says, you just made my day. And she was smiling from ear to ear. And she asked me what I was doing. And I just said exactly those things. I'm just trying to get the cross in front of people's eyes. I was hoping that that night when people went to bed on that first night, at least, that that the very last thing that they would see in their mind before they went to sleep was that cross in their mind. And she pulled out this big old glass of ice water that she told me she went and got for me because she'd already seen me a few blocks earlier. I drank the water, I was revived, and I went, I went on my way. 
And um, it happened like that over and over, Mike. Um, another incident was down on Broadway in Boulder on the first day when I was, um, I was, um, I don't know, I was um, basically a quarter mile south of, of Iris when the, the sidewalk took a little jog. And all of a sudden, this young man um, and his friend were right before me and they literally stopped in their tracks. And this young man says to me, are you bearing the cross of Christ? And I said, well, not really. I said, I'm just sort of trying to get people to think about Jesus and to think about what Christ did for us. And it opened up a chance for me to talk with this gentleman. I do think his name was RC. And and basically, I was able to lay hands on him and pray for him, asking the Lord to remove any of the bondage that was in his life, potentially keeping him from coming to a relationship with the Lord. Who knows, Mike? Maybe it was the first time anybody had ever talked to him about Jesus, or maybe it was the first time anybody had ever prayed for him. But it was, it was pretty amazing. The second day... Um, when I came to a point in the road where I thought I was supposed to end the first day at 15 to 16 miles on the second day, God literally said to me, Chris, would you be willing to go? Uh, would you be willing to go a couple more miles? And I said, absolutely, Lord. So I went further on. And when I got to the E470 um, uh, on-ramp, um, there was a lot of construction going on and it was big and hectic. So I hiked up my skirt and grabbed my cross and hoofed it across the highway and narrowly beat traffic only to just have a car swerve up on the highway with a, with a young man with a, a beautiful smile on his face and he wanted to know what was going on. I proceeded to share Christ with him right there and it didn't take long, Mike. He literally got out of his car, came around the side. I laid hands on him. And here I am praying with this young man whose name was Gabriel, by wow. of all things. <laughs> and um, I prayed with him for 20 or 30 minutes. And then we both kind of needed to go our own way. But Mike, it was only about 15 minutes later when he came back with a big giant glass of ice water from Dairy Queen and a bag mm. of food for me. We went, we, he left his car on the side of the road. We sat in the shade with his flashers on. Yeah. And the cross, <laughs> I had it sitting in a way that the cars could go and buy down 287 could still see it. And for another 30 to 45 minutes, I basically just shared Christ with him. And the amazing thing was, is Mike, that I didn't have my Bible with me, but I did because it was in my heart. And the Lord gave me all of the right Bible verses that he tells us in the right, in the time he'll give us right. the right words to say. And that was another really amazing um, opportunity that I had. And Mike, the third day was just more and more of the same thing. And the, literally to tell the whole story of this takes a few <laughs> yeah. hours to tell. Yeah. And well, you know, we have time. It's exciting to hear what the Lord did. Were there, were there any other highlights that you could share with us? I think something amazing, Mike, was on the third day when I very first started um, my journey, We, I knew I had about a 15 to 17 mile trek ahead of me. Um, and um, my friend Harry Lazinski met me at six o'clock in the morning in Lafayette. And um, 
And when he did, uh, I started walking up the hill. He wanted to get a couple pictures of me because by that time, there was a little buzz back here at the church and people wanted to know what was going on. So Harry came out to snap a couple pictures. I no more than start walking up the road and in, in a minute or two, my feet were already hurting. Harry had brought me all kinds of um, uh, pads for my feet because of the blisters that were already forming on the, on day two. He ministered to my feet, basically, and to me and to my spiritual needs as well. But I said, Harry, pray for my feet um, because they're already hurting. And this is 10 steps into the third day with 17 miles in front of me or whatever it was. And um, as, as, I, as I left Harry's presence and I began up Highway 7 or yeah, Highway 7 towards I-25, I just lifted up a prayer and I said, Father, I said, can you please send your angels to minister to my feet? And honestly, I, I kind of forgot about my feet. I didn't really think about them. And I get all the way up to 25. I hook a left. I'm going down. I'm, I'm sandwiched between I-25 frontage road and, and, and the I-25. I'm heading north and I'm going along and I'm actually, I got a chance to minister to David and Michael and Mike and, um, Ramundo and Ramon and Liz and, and Candy and Steven. And it was just absolutely amazing. But then one crazy thing that happened was I noticed as I was walking along down I-25, you might say, that the I-25 traffic, which is usually going about 80 miles an hour, literally began to slow down and slow down and slow down to a dang near a standstill where they were just creeping by. And to me, it was the most beautiful thing because here I was trying to show people the cross while they're whizzing by. And then then it seemed like God shut the highway down and brought it to a standstill, Mike. And every single time I looked to the left, to the right or to the left, every single time I looked, there was another cell phone pointing at me. It was like, or there was a hand sticking out a car window giving me a thumbs up, or there was a horn honking saying, we believe in what you're doing. And I just thought, what an amazing thing God did that here I was faithful to do what he asked me to do. And he sort of slowed traffic down. I do believe it was a spill. And so I don't believe there was a, a major crash or anything like that. Of course, as soon as I saw the sign for it, I immediately began to pray for anybody that might have been in an accident up ahead. And then, Mike, as I got to my end of my destination on the third day, which was basically to, uh, which is um, uh, Del Camino, that's I-25 uh, I and, and 119. I, that was my final place. I was, uh, that was my going to be my stopping point for the day. I cross over Highway 119. There's a Popeye's right there. And there's some little bit of grass right there. And there's a gas station. And I saw a little Hispanic gal with her two little kids, like two and three years old. And it was, they were out in the, out in the hot sun. And she had a little sign where, she, you know, she was asking for money and whatnot. And actually, one interesting thing is, is when I left on the trip, Mike, I had said to myself, even though I had so few bucks in my in my inner pocket, I really wasn't going out to just go out and hand out money. But 
Um, and I had said that to myself because I was out for something different, you might say. But a few different times during the little trip, the Lord did give me a chance to not only share Christ with a few people, but to share a buck or two to show them that I I wanted to help them, you know, financially and spiritually. I ministered to this. I ministered to this little Hispanic gal and her kids. Gave her some money and. Um, I'm literally right across the street from my final destination. I step off the curb, Mike, and my feet exploded with pain. And I mean, I never felt anything the whole, for 17 miles, I didn't feel anything. And I'm within a half a block of my destination. And all of a sudden my feet are killing me. I hobble over to this little hotel across the street. I go in, I, I get a room, I go upstairs, I, I, I disrobe, I take a shower, I come out, put some shorts on. I'll look down at my feet, Mike, and the blisters on my feet are literally sticking off a half inch thick. Wow. It was and it was super painful. I was literally hobbling across the hotel room. And in the middle of the hotel room, I stopped. And the Lord said to me, Chris, you have been three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish. I'm going to spit you out. Your little mini mission trip is over. And, um, and I you li- didn't know that. You didn't know that when you walked out the door three days earlier. No. It's going to be three days, I right? put my mail yeah. on hold for 30 days, yeah. Mike, trusting that, that the Lord was going to do something amazing, which he did. But I didn't know how far I was going to go. I thought I could go all the way to the East Coast. You know, I didn't yeah. know. But um, I couldn't. And, and when... When I did get to that place where my body physically couldn't do it anymore because my feet hurt so bad and I knew it was going to take a number of days for them to heal up, it was so apparent that the Lord said, Chris, right now is time to stop, at least for this little part of the mission. Wow. Yeah. And were there any like other major takeaways from this trip that um, you'd like to share? Yes. Okay. So halfway between Longmont and Boulder, Mike, on the very first day, because I didn't bring any water or any food with me, that's a long way. Mm-hmm. And it started getting very hot. The cross was getting very heavy. And I started wondering what is going on here. And I said, Lord, I said, I am, I'm thirsty, Lord. I'm hungry, Father. I said, I need, I need water, Lord. I need Gatorade. I need food. Mike, within 15 seconds, a hand taps me on the shoulder and I turn and this this woman says to me, do you need anything? And she says, do you need any water? And I said, yes. And she had her bicycle right there and she pulled out her water bottle, her water bottle and gave it to me. I drank it. She says, do you need any Gatorade? I said, yes. (laughs) She gave me another water bottle. I drank the Gatorade. She says, do you need any food? I said, yes. She pulls out a candy bar out of her bag and gave it to me and I was I was totally revived Mike literally seconds after I prayed for water Gatorade and food the Lord provided water Gatorade and food in exactly the order that I that I had prayed for them Um, on day two the miracle was when the Lord asked me if I'd be willing to go those extra couple miles had I not that was when I got a chance to minister to this kid named Gabriel and so how how cool is it that God's God said will you go a little bit farther and 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 I said yes and had I not 
had I wimped out or whatever, I never would have got a chance to minister to this kid named Gabriel. And I've been sending him texts ever since and just kind of ministering to him via that every day. And um, I already shared the miracle about the traffic coming to a stop. But there was one thing that happened on the very first night um, I don't know if you've ever like had a hoodie or a pair of shorts that have a string in them, mm-hmm. but sometimes that string can get lost inside of there and it can be kind of tricky to get it through. And before I left my home, I wore soccer shorts as my underneath clothes and a tank top. Mm-hmm. And when I got to my destination on the very first night, um, before I went to bed, I looked at my shorts and I realized that the string had, was gone from one side. It had gone, it gotten yeah. inside of there. Well, Harry was ministering to me even on the very first night, and uh, and that was glorious. And when he left me in Boulder at 10 o'clock in the evening after praying for me and cracking my back, too, that was a miracle. <laughs> and um, I looked down at my shorts, and I realized that my string was messed up. But for some reason, as I brushed my teeth and, and got ready to lie down for the night, I forgot about it. And the next morning when I woke up, Mike... I reached over to grab my shorts and the strings were both sticking right straight out of the holes, perfectly like like they'd been brought out by magnets or something. I don't know. And I don't know. Um, I don't remember working on them, but it, in in the instant when I saw that they were they were broken, you might say, the night before, there was a little bit of, of I was like, oh, no, I don't want my shorts to fall down during the trip. And I wake up the next morning. And they're ready to rock and roll. And it might sound yeah. silly, Mike, but but the Lord wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Now, would you do it again, though? <laughs> I, I would. Yeah. I would. And especially since the fact that I believe that um, that there's people on other roadways around here who need to be reminded of the cross. And the Lord is the Lord's fixing my feet. Um, my feet are healing um, very nicely. I'm trying to take care of them. And Mike, I'm excited. I am excited to get back. I'm excited to get back out on the road and to get the cross in front of some some other yeah. other people's other people's eyes. So, are there any other you know as we bring this to a close? Yeah. Is there any some any other th- thoughts and like some final thoughts you'd like to share with the brothers and sisters here in this church or you know unbelievers who might watch this on YouTube or on Facebook, uh, you know, about your mission and what, what the Lord has taught you or what you'd like to impart to them. Mike, um, I, I was absolutely blown away by how receptive the people were out there. You know, I actually noticed something really interesting. I noticed, I believe I noticed people's driving habits change <laughs> as they were going by me. It seemed really weird, but yeah. I was very blown away by the receptiveness yeah. of the people. And um, and during the time, Mike, the Holy Spirit was so active in my life. It was it was it was living water that was coming out of me. And and so I I would challenge people to to do what I did and just to pray that the that God would would increase the Holy Spirit's um, activity in their heart or or re reignite that flame of the Holy Spirit. Um, Another thing that happened, Mike, was is, is that as I was going down I-25 on the third day, and it was pretty, it was a pretty nasty walk. Our highways are littered with so much 
terrible objects, metal things, dead animals, uh, dust, dirt, exhaust, and everything else. And here I am in the midst of all that, Mike, and the Holy Spirit's just going like gangbusters. I'm singing praises to the Lord. I'm getting the chance to minister to all these people. And Mike, in the midst of that, I have never felt a joy in my heart in all my life that could ever compare to it. And I've had a pretty idyllic life, Mike. I've got a chance to do a lot of amazing things. I've been blessed in a lot of ways. And it's so weird that here I was in this kind of awful place, you might say, and I've never experienced joy quite like that. And it, Mike, it's it was the joy of the Lord. It was the joy of being out there doing the Lord's work, doing when he said, do it, Will you do it? And I finally said yes. It was the joy that came from watching what he was doing through it all. And Mike, I think the most biggest final takeaway of the whole thing, this truth that God revealed to me after it was all said and done, was as he said to me, Chris, when you hear my voice and you and you and you are scared or leery or afraid or confused to do what I'm asking you to do when my still small voice is directing you, when you say, Lord, I can't or I won't, he revealed to me, Mike, that when he says that, that I'm basically saying, Lord, that my, my comfort is more important than his kingdom. And and that's not the case at all. His kingdom is definitely more important than my comfort. And I experienced it out there on the roadways. And I would just say, if the Lord is knocking on the door of your heart, whether you're a believer, um, to, that God's saying, go talk to your neighbor or talk to that guy at the gas station or give a buck to this guy over here. Don't, don't reject it. Don't neglect it. Do what the Lord is asking you to do. We have to remember, Mike, that he prepared these good works in advance for us to do. And so if we, if we reject it, we potentially are hindering someone else from either a deeper relationship with the Lord or coming into the kingdom altogether. Wow. No, that's, that's amazing. And uh, no, thank you so much for, for, for joining me here today to talk about this and for, you know, for being obedient to, to God's call when he spoke to you. I mean, I think, I think we probably, most of us would have identified with Balaj when you told him that what you were going to do and like, Chris, you're crazy. You can't walk out the door here dressed like somebody from 2,000 years ago carrying, uh, you know, a 20-pound cross at six foot tall and walking to Boulder of all places. But, you know, as for me, as I heard about it, because nobody knew about this. This wasn't something, you know, that you, uh, you know, that you televised to the world. You went out in secret to do a mission that God placed on your heart. And we heard about it as the buzz kind of thing. And, and the phrase that came to me was being a spectacle for Jesus. And are we willing to be spectacles for Jesus? You know, and, and, and your mission was to bring the cross of Christ before people and make them think on Jesus. And that was you didn't have any other mission. And, and really, that is what we're all about as Christians, right, is to bring the cross of Christ for people and get people to think about Jesus. What are you going to do? Uh, with Jesus. I really appreciate your humbleness to come and share that and uh, just your heart, you know, for people and for the people of, of Boulder County and Longmont to go and do this. And, and you know, we just want to pray and we just pray, you know, you guys that might be watching right now, just pray for those people that he mentioned 
you know, that the seed that got planted in their lives, those people that saw him on the streets, uh, you know, on stuck on the freeway, and, and they were thinking on the cross and what, what, this, what this is all about. And we're so grateful for all those people that came and ministered to you. And, uh, you know, it was a team effort at the end there and uh, just to, to do this. And, you know, and what, what doors, you know, is the Lord opening for you? that you need to walk through and be obedient to his spirit. It might not be having to walk to Boulder with a cross on your shoulder, but it might be, as Chris said, it might be just walking across the street and ministering to your neighbor uh, or ministering to somebody, you know, at the store or, you know, a kind word. Or maybe it's going across the ocean, you know, on a short-term mission or a long-term mission or things like that. So whatever the Lord is prompting your heart, and I know he is, you know, through his Holy Spirit, I pray that you're obedient to that. And if you would like to hear some of Nick's messages on that series called The Spirit-Filled Life, get over to whitefieldschurch.com and you can download it there. And we look forward to talking to some more people who are on mission for the Lord. And God bless you.